Well, welcome everyone to today's episode of the Real People, Real Life, Real Stories podcast. Today, it's all about the journey of life and where that can take you. Our guest is an international rugby player, a paramedic and a youth worker. And I'll tell you what, when you hear his story, he's come a long way to where he is today. Welcome to the podcast, John Summers. Thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I met you not that long ago down in a place called Wangaratta in country Victoria <laughs> on the side of the road. And uh, if yeah. anyone who doesn't know country Victoria, it is in the middle of nowhere. It was fairly green and dusty. And uh, you walked up to us in your best ambulance outfit, volunteering as you yeah. always do for another community event with a big smile and, hi, how are you? I'm John. And uh, you made everyone feel very welcome. But before Wangaratta, you've had an interesting journey to how you got to live in Victoria. Uh, I hear yeah. you were actually born yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah, born in the north of New Zealand, a place called Whangarei, W-H-A-N-G-A-R-E-I. Yes, not Wangarei is a lot of, lot of, probably Aussies say, I think. I think I, I would certainly say that. And uh, So what happened? How did you end up in Australia, mate? Well, uh, mum and dad, they met in, they met in um, Whangarei, so, um, and they ended up having my sister and I in, uh, in the north there. And we left New Zealand probably, I think I was, I, I remember doing some um, creche or uh, preschool type mm. stuff. Uh, so it was about four, I think, a bit after four before I left the, before we left Australia. Yes. And uh, we were sort of following the, the nursing career of uh, my mother and we ended up in um, Western Australia. Wow. All the way from, all the way from the north of New Zealand, we end up getting dropped right in the middle of the Kimberleys. Um, it was about four hours. Now, I was only young, but I, I'm pretty sure it was like a four-hour drive inland mm. from Derby. Now, anyone who doesn't know Western Australia, once you yeah. get about an hour out of Perth, there's nothing. <laughs> so four there's hours nothing. out of Perth, there's nothing of nothing, I gather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you go right up to the top of uh, Western Australia where Derby is yeah. and then go inland, there's even less. And uh, the the town that we uh, lived in had like nine families, and I think oh. there was a, there was only only a heap of kids. And the actual school that I went to first had only one one teacher yep. who was the principal teacher, groundsman, did everything. And our class was year one to twelve. So you Basically, graduated really quick. I graduated. <laughs> so. Um, the I think pretty much the government didn't think that was feasible financially. Mm. So during our time out there, they actually closed that school, and uh, and my sister and I were absorbed into the uh, the Luma um, commu Aboriginal Community School there. So uh, you got this like? little blonde girl, little blonde girl, and me and me in this um, in this community school. It was it was interesting. I, we, were, we were playing with all the animals and all the wildlife, and yeah, it was an experience. That would have been an education that would be very different to normal. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, I still remember, even though I was so young, four or five years old, and my yeah. sister does too. The vivid colours out there, like the the red dust, the the storms were just 
amazing. I can close my eyes and still hear the the, the raindrops like golf, wow. like hailstones hitting the roof. They were just yeah. big raindrops. And um, and I remember one time waking up one night and I heard this noise outside my, we had a two-story house. Yeah. And I remember hearing this noise outside. I'm like, what's that? And it's dark, yeah. but it, there's no street lights, but the moon was out. And it, and it was like there was street lights. It was that yeah. bright. Anyway, so I sneak out and I come down the stairs and I walk around the corner and I'm face to face with this, massive bull which had made its way into, into wow. our yard and we sort of looked at each other and went okay I backed away and I went back to my room and he just potted off <laughs> dear dearie me so where'd you end up funny what you remember yeah uh, after after there we uh again we moved mum got a, a matron's position mm-hmm. with the with the Blackall hospital now Blackall if you go directly, basically opposite to where we were, so we're talking about the middle of Queensland now, mm. and uh, probably 2,500 people in the town. And, uh, yeah, we lived on the hospital. Mum was, mum was the matron of the hospital, and we were there for about seven years. At, uh, I did my primary schooling, started year two there. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, oh, I can remember just running around chasing roos, Playing rugby league, just yep. uh, yeah, thing, things could have been very different for me if I had stayed out in the central west as a as a team. I would have been playing league and not union. Yes. All right, last time I was in Blackall was about three years ago, and it was dust. It was in the middle of the draft <laughs> then, and there was yeah. nothing there. It yeah. was it was a hard yeah. place to no. live. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough back then. A couple of big, I, I remember a couple of friends of mine in my in my school in my class. And uh, a couple of them had big properties, mm. and they just put watering holes. Struggle. If we're going to go to city. Oh well, I tell you, what. you sound like a kid that would have struggled if he ever moved to the city. Oh well, I tell you what, you sound like a kid that would have struggled if he ever moved to the city. Oh well, I tell you what, you sound like a kid that would have struggled if he ever moved to the city. Oh well, I tell you what, it would like a kid that would have struggled if he ever moved to the city. Oh, well, I tell you what, it was like a kid that would have struggled if he ever moved to the city. Oh, well, I tell you what, it was even even back home in New Zealand, like that's a, that was a relatively small country mm. town as well. It's a, it's a little bigger now. Uh, and then I go to that small town in Western Australia and mm. now this small town in Blackwell. So I don't know, maybe I was just on the move and I was just progressing mm. through because um, I ended up in Brizzy and... I never looked back, really. Yeah. So, mm. what did you, you finish your school in Brizzy, or did you just go there to play rugby? Uh, I ended up. I ended up. Um, actually, there's a funny thing. When I was when I was younger, I was probably about seven or eight years yeah. old, uh, playing league in um, in Blackall, yeah. and I was forever in pain. I was in my knees, my mm. hips, my ankles. Just the joints were just in so much pain. And anyway, mum. We went and saw a specialist. Yeah. And the specialist said, because I was growing faster than the average bear. Uh, well, excuse me for a second. Bear. Anyone that is listening to this, I mean, and who doesn't know John, he's about six foot ten. He makes Tony Robbins <laughs> look small. Keep going. 
<laughs> anyway, I, I was growing quite quickly and I was, I was a heavy lad. And anyway, the specialist just basically said, he goes, look, you're cracking all your growth plates yeah. because of the, the pounding and I was just big. And um, So basically from that appointment, we end up at home and mum and dad, great idea. I think it's the best thing they ever did for me. Yeah. They said, John, you're going to have to, the doctors have said, you either stop playing uh, those types of sports, the yep. rugby league, um, or they're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to do some things, and I remember them saying that they would have had to put me in a cast to try and slow my oh. growth down, to try and allow for the healing of the growth mm-hmm. plates. And uh, they had the great idea to either stop that, or we can get you a motorbike. So. I'm still riding today, and <laughs> it was only a, a what they call a Yamaha AG 100, so it probably yeah. barely did 30, 30 k's an hour um, going full throttle. But yeah. uh, we live next to the golf course, and I took the Mo Cub Scouts at the other end in Brisbane. Yep. I did know, know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby. Mm. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby. Mm. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby union. Mm. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby union. Mm. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby union. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby union. I did know know of it from my New Zealand background, the All Blacks, yeah. where I got introduced to rugby union about 12, 13, and by then I was already pretty much full grown. So we went back to the specialist. And the line-outs uh, were good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I was big, so I ended up lifting and doing all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, we went back to the specialist and mentioned to him that um, I was already six foot whatever. And, yeah. and he said, well, I don't think we're going to stunt your growth anymore. No. And uh, I, was, I was allowed to go and carry or, or start my, my rugby career or start playing and um yeah it was it was fantastic it's been really good to me that sport so did you when you finished school did you go to uni did you uh you know you did get into playing rugby but there was a little bit of a journey in that i mean you did end up becoming an international rugby player of some type uh in three countries Uh, i believe you played yeah it was lucky enough even even had one in wales at one stage which was just good right on the border but uh um, look, I ended up finishing school and I had aspirations to be a physiotherapist. Yep. My, my marks didn't reflect <laughs> what, they needed, what they needed to get into physiotherapy. Let me I, guess, I, John I, would have been a good student if he paid attention. <laughs> I Well, I tell you what. I didn't handle the transition from year 10 to year 11 very well. Right. I didn't take it very seriously. So that, that exchange and the subjects that I'd chosen, like I chose some hard mm. subjects. The thing is that transition, I didn't give it much credo. And that first semester in year 11 really hit my marks. Yep. So I ended up spending the next three semesters attempting to just gain some sort of ground or some but um i ended up in the sort of middle of the road and i ended up getting into a bachelor of science 
down at uh, University of New England in, in uh, New South Wales. And basically, I got there and the freedom and it was just, you it know. was going to cost a foot. This is going to cost. I think I need to, I spent the next two, internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones, yes. the internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and yes. the internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and Yes. The internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and yes. the internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and all yes. the internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and all yes. the internet wasn't really the biggest deal and the phones and all yes. that sort of thing. And um, uh, so... I ended up getting getting a gig. I ended yeah. up getting uh, getting one of those. I did have to go back to university, and I do remember standing outside the chemistry a chemistry exam, which I had not studied for, because uh -oh. I was hoping I, in the hope that I would get a that I would get a gig. Yeah. <laughs> I remember wandering around and around and uh, calling Dad on the payphone and going, "Oh, have, have I got the job?" And he goes, "No." So I ended up bringing him back three times, and, and uh, I got the gig. Awesome. So I walked straight past the chemistry exam and left the university. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Well, not until I did my paramedics. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, so how yeah. did you end up playing rugby overseas if you've now become uh, an electrician? Yeah, well, I ended up... I ended up doing the, so even that first electrical job, I ended up leaving that because it wasn't going to give me the mm. full electrical ticket. So I moved on to what they, uh, place called, they called Q-Build and uh, worked in the city. And I actually finished my apprenticeship a few months early with view to getting over to New Zealand. Yep. So I decided I wanted to go back to New Zealand and play there. And yeah. everyone's got aspirations of playing for the All Blacks. And yes. Playing the, the, like like super rugby and stuff, so I I moved over there um, in the hope to play for Northland, yes, um, a provincial team up there, and uh, it was actually because of my dad being because of my dad being Scottish, I'm eligible for uh, a European passport, mm. a UK passport. So basically, during that season, one of the managers whose son knew someone in the middle of France somewhere. As it always was. They, they needed, a, they needed a, a back row or a lock mm. and uh, with a British passport because you're only allowed two imports on like six or seven sports and, um, that, are, that were over there at the same So before we fast forward a few years to when you come back, yeah. if you look up to that point, before we fast forward a few years to when you come back, yeah. If you look up to that point, before we fast forward a few years to when you come back. Yeah. If you look up to that point, before we fast forward a few years to when you come back. Yeah. If you look up to that point, what fast forward a few years to when you come back. Yeah. If you look up to that point, what fast forward a few years to when you come back. Yeah. If you look up to that point, what a fast forward a few years to when you come back. Yeah. If you look up to that point. What did it last forward a few years to when you come back? Yeah. If you look up to that point, what did it last forward a few years to when you come back? Yeah. If you look up to that point, what had life taught you so far? I think for me, I think for me, I'd always sort of, 
I, I guess I'd made the decision, made good, quick decisions. Mm. And they seemed to be informed. And uh, I guess to some people, I looked a bit erratic or just mm. like, oh, well, just give it a go. But uh, I was I was like that that chance to go to France. I went, well, yeah. geez, I'm 20, 20 something years old. Let's just go. Even even the making the decision from the university. Yep. To be able to go, all right, this is not for me, instead of plugging it out for another four years and costing me however much, yeah. um, I, I, I want to do it. So I guess, I guess to make good, informed decisions is, is probably a good, uh, a, a good lesson that, I, that I'd learned. Yeah, they, yeah, they, say, yeah, they say people who procrastinate really are just making a decision not to make decisions. <laughs> that, that's, that, that, Pretty much yeah. right. That's what I tell you yeah. when I'm coaching them and they who procrastinate and they hate it when you say it to them, but you've called them out. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. You had an amazing journey then. And now fast forward, mm. we heard it before about how your mum was a nurse. Yeah. How is that what inspired you to get them to be a paramedic? Yeah, I think uh, mum, and, mum and dad looked after us very well. And um, mm. mum's nursing, I think, was... Uh, dad was a tradesman and um, so I ended, up, I ended up in a trade, not the same yep. one as him. He was a fit turner boiler maker. And mum, the nurse side of things, I've always been into helping and um, just being involved with people. Yep. And for some reason, um, being, and while I was playing rugby away, I was ready. I might stay. I was ready to come home and I ended up coming back to your medics there but yeah. i was ready i was ready to i was ready to come home and i ended up coming back to your medics there but yeah. i was ready i was ready to i was ready to come home and i ended up coming back to your there but yeah. i was ready i was ready to i was ready to come home and i ended up coming back to your there but yeah. i was ready i was ready to i was ready to come home and i ended up coming back to your there but i was ready i was ready to i was ready to come home and i ended up Coming back to Univix there, but I was ready. I was ready to. I was ready to come home, and I ended up coming back to Univix there. But I was ready. I was ready to. I was ready to come home, and I ended up coming back to Univix there. But I was ready. I was ready to. I was ready to come home, and I ended up coming back to University of WA and playing rugby in Western Australia of all places again down in Perth. Yeah. But um, it was it was after I arrived there that I saw in the paper that. St. John Ambulance and WA were looking mm. for paramedics. Yep. Uh, so, all right, well, I'm in. And I just dove in again. I did my stat test, the mature age entry yep. into the, the university. And at that stage, I'd actually picked up some um, offshore work uh, as an electrician as well. Yeah. So I was doing some short gigs away. And mm. I remember that first year at university, I had to basically squeeze my eight units into that second semester because I to catch up with my group because I was working away, uh, yeah. which was going to pay for my yeah for my yeah. So um, yeah, it was a, a full on time. What I know you, I, I've done a lot of research on you, and spoken to a lot of people who do know you well, and there's not mm. a selfish bone in your body but I am going to ask you what's the most satisfying thing you get about being a paramedic? I actually think I had to go casual to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most satisfying thing about being a paramedic for me 
I, I think I've said it before, is I love people. Yeah. And basically, being a paramedic, you're very humbled by, I don't know, what people think of you or, or what, what you have available to you when you actually yeah. enter. It's like, and the people have some, how easy it can be. And, and sometimes they're not always emergencies and sometimes, yeah. and, and, Sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and. Sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes, and and sometimes they're not always emergencies, and sometimes. But what I will say for me is when I realized that people call in their time of need, when I mm. didn't make it about me, it's about mm. them. No matter what it is, what I think about it, whether yeah. I think they're in pain, whether I think that it's, they didn't hit their head, whether it doesn't yeah. matter at that time, when they push the buttons on the phone and they call triple zero, uh, that was their time of need. So if I can enter in that space, that's fantastic. That's gold. Now I've also heard another story. You hold mm. a what do you call it? A reputation in the Victorian uh, paramedics as one of the only paramedics to bog an ambulance. Uh, oh God! Now that was last year, wasn't it? <laughs> I've never heard. I kept of... that quiet. I kept that quiet. By the way. So thank you very much. <laughs> no, you don't look as any good uh, interviewer. We do go digging. And uh, I hear it was when you were doing one of your, your normal uh, community service outlets that uh, you, uh, ended up bogging an uh, ambulance when you're, you're out there actually helping the community. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. We'll take that. We'll, we'll do that. I'm glad we had someone there to help us uh, out of that big hole <laughs> <laughs> that you dug yourself into. Yeah, that's exactly right. Completely oh, my fault and completely inexperienced in the art of four wheel driving, <laughs> especially in an ambulance that's not built for it. Quite about. That was in, uh, and someone gave me a ticket over the next, uh, I just realized I went, right. I got to get back into me. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just realized I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I, th I just realized I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I just realized I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I just realized I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I just realized I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to realise, I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to realise, I went, right, I've got to get back into me. 
Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to do realised. I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to do realised. I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to do realised. I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to do realised. I went, right, I've got to get back into me. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I want to do another event. So I get on the computer and I find out that, okay, the only event available to me during my trip in the US mm. is uh, Leadership Academy, which is actually meant to be the last in a long line yeah. of events. Yeah. So you can actually piece all the pieces together. Anyway, I remember calling up the salesperson and saying, hey, look, I've done Unleash the Power Within and I've done it 15 years ago. I want to know, am I able to do Leadership Academy this year because it's the only one available to me? And she goes, what do you mean? Of course you can. What's your credit card number? <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I bought the ticket and I ended up um, flying from Australia to San Francisco, spent yep. a week there, went to San Diego and... The actual, I've met one of my good mates as well at, um, at that San Diego event. Yep. And it was day one. And I remember Joseph McClendon Smith. Yes. Up on, up on, um, yes. Up on um, stage. Yep. Joseph amazing McClendon. And he, just, totally and he was just, he was just talking about your purpose. And I tell you, it was like a lightning bolt yeah. or a punch in the solar plexus because I'm standing there and I've just, I've got to work with kids. I've got to work with yeah. youth. So right in that moment, I'd started creating in my little head this person that I would want that mm. unsettled yep. and just yeah. and uh, mentioned to her about all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And... The rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years all. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. And the rest is history. I've done the last three years. I, I, I literally this year I just ran the because it's online. I yes. just ran the online uh, the the men's the men's breakout session where we yep. talk about all those that that stuff about man, and uh, yeah. So that's that's four years I've been involved with them, and pretty much since then, that first magic moments actually I met one of the ladies from. Tony Robbins organization, the Global Youth Leadership Summit. Mm. And that first day I went, oh, I'm thinking about going to GYLS. And, and she said, oh, really? Our medic just, <laughs> just cancelled. Do you want to come oh, no. to Global Youth? 
And at that stage, I'd sort of gone, right, Richard Branson says it, a heap of other people say it, they just say yes, and then worry about the rest later. Yep. And uh, pretty much I just said yes, and then worked, found out how much the airplane ticket was. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then basically, yeah, I've been there as well the last uh, three, four years. So then I'd fly to San Diego, and that's fantastic. That's a fa- fantastic event. So how does your lovely wife handle you being uh, so engaged with Tony Robbins? Uh, Well, the funny thing is Laura has been in Tony Robbins or involved with Tony Robbins longer than I have. Uh, I think she started when she was like 21. Um, She got, she got introduced. She stayed for weeks in Fiji at some stage through the life and wealth. She must've done like, 50 or sick in doing the, the she runs. Um, that's how we met my event. Yes. We are. You and I will never get and go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. I don't care what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. And what anyone says. I've recommended a lot of people to go because uh, yeah. it changed me. And uh, yeah. continuing to change because of it. And uh, yeah. it's an amazing, I- it's an amazing journey he puts you on. And I think it comes down to the people, Rob, as well. Like you meet such a wide and diverse group of people. Um, one of the yeah. one of the one of the one of the kids that I met three years ago. He's now eighteen. Yep. He's uh, he's. I'm helping him with view to becoming a professional European football player. Awesome. Now, a lot of people... But it's just those connections. Oh, yeah. man, it is awesome. A lot of people also yeah. would know your face as Fertility Man. Infertility Man. Infertility Man, We are man, sorry, infertility. Yes. We are infertility. <laughs> uh, you and your wife are on, a, on another journey there, as we call it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How's that going with the whole IVF? And from a male's point of view, how, does, yeah. how do you handle something like that when it's, it's basically out of your control but you're doing everything you possibly can to make something happen. Yeah, I think um, it makes it extra tougher when when you know it's because of my history mm. that we've ended up that poor poor Laura's had to go through all these egg retrievals. Yeah. Um, and in saying that, my cancer in 2011. Yeah, brought us to. And obviously, we met in two seventeen, and it was quite. It's a bit. It was. It was fast. Like we've basically been together a few years, but yeah. I guess she was talking about kids, and she first and foremost. I'm very lucky, Laura. That Laura, you know, you know yeah. Luca, and uh, we're sitting right yeah. back on the uh, banks of the the lake down at Atuka, 
and uh, we're sitting there right. back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're back on the uh, banks of the, the lake down at Echuca. And uh, we're sitting there and you're ha- I'll be having a beer, but you'll be having a soft drink. Yeah. I uh, say four spots left at the lunch table. Mm. Who would you invite for lunch and why would you bring them along? Well, that's an interesting one. Love Tony Robbins, but I'm sorry, mm. he wouldn't get a seat at my table at this, in this instance. Yep. Obviously, Laura, Laura aside. Yes. Um, um, I like Byron Katie. Um, mm. And if you haven't heard of her, she does something called The Work. Four yep. simple questions. Um, that allow you to go deep and mm. and really find answers um, quickly and easily. Yeah. Um, I think the other lady would be uh, Brené Brown. Okay. Brené, Brené Brown, she's a, what does she call herself, a shame consultant or something or, or researcher yeah. or whatever she got. But, but with her, I find um, the vulnerability aspect huge. Yeah. Um, and that, that female aspect, I, I, find, I find their approach is very genuine and, mm. and very connection-based. Um, who did I say my next one? I think Richie McCall, purely because he's just the ultimate all-black and yes. his career, he's mind me at all, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having my shoulder here. And, uh... Um, uh, run with it, he do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually do the skills to a higher level is that something and that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that actually that I, do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that, that I do the skills to a higher level? Is that something and that, that I that do the skills to a higher level? 
Is that something that, that, actually, uh, that actually you, helped him? Yeah, mate. Is that something yeah. you tell a twenty-year-old John if you met him in the street? That that is. I think. I think for me, if I was going to run into myself down, yeah. however many years ago, I would go. I would literally say, put yourself around people that are doing what you want to do, uh, yeah. uh, uh, are what you want to be, um, and and then just do your utmost to just copy them. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice makes permanent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I've, I've sometimes, and I've been around people, it's taken me a little while to work out, you know what, these aren't the people I want to be around. And mm. uh, it is, I would say, would you agree, that is a hard decision to say, well, you know what, these people aren't the right influence on me and I really, if I want to achieve what I want to achieve, I've got to sometimes cut loose. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think you do, and sometimes it's not even you cutting them loose. Hey, Robert, it's just yeah. a matter of you just you just staying in your lane and not deviating. And yeah. if people want to stay with you, or they go, oh, hang on, John's doing something different, or Rob's doing something different. I would like to do that. If they want to keep doing the same, then that's and that's okay. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. we'll catch you next time, buddy. Bye bye. Rob Absolutely awesome day. 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 Absolutely awesome day.